0: On this episode of the Film Festival Secrets Podcast, we're going to talk about researching festivals on the web. I'm your host, Chris Holland, and it's a question I get a lot, especially since I tell filmmakers that they really should be doing deep research on the festivals they think they want to submit to to make sure that the festival is appropriate for their film. Then the question becomes, well, what am I looking for? What things on a festival's website can tell me if that festival is legit, or appropriate? You know, how can I make the most of my time, you know, trolling the web, looking for details about each festival? And so it comes down to a number of things. The The sort of first impression, the, the first thing to look for is overall design and competency. Um, you know, what a website looks like and the design and technology choices that a festival has made to present themselves online, which is a big part of any business's professional presence these days. Um, is, you know, that's what's going to give you your first impression, your first look at the festival. Are they keeping current with technology? Uh, how much do they care about their online presence? When you look at it on a phone, is it, you know, does it rescale itself to look readable and uh, great looking on the phone? Or is it just kind of like a tiny version of the desktop, you know, desktop presentation of the website? How much thought and effort and even beauty, you know, a festival website presents itself that tells you a lot about who the people behind the festival are. So be on the lookout for that. If you're seeing poor grammar or bad writing or just confusing stuff going on, like you, it's poorly organized, you can't find what you're looking for, that's going to give you a clue as to what the underlying festival might be like as well. Uh, the second thing that I always look for on a festival website is where's the festival taking place? And when is it happening? Which might not mean a lot to you now, but if a festival is trying to sell tickets, they need to have that information front and center. It needs to be really easy to find or the people who are going to the festival, the audience, they're going to get frustrated and they're going to move on. They're going to look somewhere else. So maybe not so much what the venues are, but if the festival's name is something other than city name film festival, you know, like let's say uh, the Sundance Film Festival, right? You need to be able to tell pretty early on, oh, it takes place in Park City and it's going to be happening on these dates. So um, look for that. It's it's kind of a, you know, a canary in the coal mine. If you can't find that really quickly, you know something's not quite right. Uh, the next thing that I look for is how easy is it for me to find uh, the submissions page? How quickly can I get to the place where... I need to submit my film and, um, you know, what options do I have for submitting my film? This tells you a lot about how important submissions are to the festival. You know, how much are they programming out of submissions and how much are they curating from other festivals or other sources? You know, how much they care about the, the filmmakers who are submitting. Cause if submissions are a big part of what they do, they're going to make it as easy as possible so they can get as many submissions as possible. Uh, the other thing to look for is, you know, are the selections for last year's festival, the festival program, the films that they actually played, are those selections findable on the site? Uh, that's how you're going to tell whether, you know, the films that they play are like or unlike your film. You really want to be able to go back and identify at least one or two films. One or two if it's a feature, I would say two or three if it's a short. Um, but some films that give you the kind of idea that this is a festival that would play what you have. If you've got a feature film, I'm sorry, not a feature film, but a comedy, right? If you've got a comedy and you're looking at this and it seems like all heavy drama, then maybe you want to look at something else. Uh, and for bonus points, you want to look and see if you can find previous year's programs. Lots of festivals have, you know, just this past year's films, but they tend to sort of wipe the slate clean and move on to the, you know, to the next year as quickly as they can. It's a lot of trouble to keep, you know, an archive of everything you've played up on the site. So festivals that go to that extra effort are proving to you that they really care about, you know, the films that they play and their history, which I think is important. It's kind of a shame when you get to a festival that's, you know, 14, 15 years old and you're looking at their site and you can't tell what they played back in year one. Uh, it's, it's really too bad. So then we start to get into some of the, the fuzzier aspects, some of the things that might make you feel better or worse about a festival, but um sort of give you the the atmosphere and the tone of what you're likely to find. Things like what do they emphasize about themselves? Are you seeing lots of pictures of celebrities? You know, are they really all about the glitz and glamour? A little bit of that is okay, but if that's sort of all that they can present to them to you as the reason why you should go to the festival is cause you might meet some celebrities. Well that's no, you know, not really <laughs> You know, sort of in the indie spirit that I think a lot of filmmakers are looking for. They're looking for festivals that are going to celebrate the people who are just starting out, the new talent, and not be so much about the uh, star seeker aspects. That's fine, especially if you can get those people there. They definitely draw audiences in, but it tells you what they find important or what they think is desirable about their festival. Then start to look around at, you know, what else they're emphasizing. You know, are they talking about their parties a lot? Do they have a conference or a series of panels that goes with their festival? Um, is there, you know, do they have a mission statement? And what does that mission statement say? And does your film fit into that mission statement? Because that's, you know, if they have a mission statement, at some point, there's going to be a decision consciously or unconsciously about whether your film fits that mission. Then I would look at some, you know, some of the business aspects of what they do. Um, what kinds of tickets are they selling? Are they selling passes? You know, does it seem to be just sort of a. You know, just single t- off tickets. And even more important, who are their sponsors? So they have a reasonable number of sponsors. Sponsors are like the number one revenue generator for festivals. More than tickets, way more than submissions. You know, that sponsors are how festivals stay alive. So if they don't have any, right, that's a warning sign, you know, that this is a really small festival. If they seem to have too many, well, maybe. They're putting all of their effort into getting sponsors and they're leaving some other stuff on the table. Now, what is too many? I think it, you know, again, really depends on the festival, but if us festival in some town in wyoming you've never heard of has 80 sponsors that's you know i would consider that to be too many that would be a red flag for me uh on the other hand if we're talking about tribeca well you know when you start talking about hospitality sponsors people who just gave like some bottled water and stuff like that you can get up to 80 sponsors real quick with a festival that size so just look and, and estimate as best you can whether The number of sponsors and the kinds of sponsors that they have are in line with what the general size and shape of the festival seems to be. Accordingly, are all those sponsors like really tiny local businesses you've never heard of? Or are there maybe some big names in there, you know, or or at least locally big names like a gas company or um a local bank you know that those are really good signs when local businesses are getting involved but if it's just if the four sponsors are all like local restaurants that's not a great, great sign oh and by not a great sign i mean they're not well established it's okay for a first first year festival to have four sandwich shops as their sponsors they're just getting started they have to prove themselves but much further along than that, they should have learned how to get some sponsors on board and how to make themselves appear more professional. Uh don't be fooled by sponsorships from submissions platforms like Film Freeway or without a box. Those are not national sponsorships for the most part. Um, there's no cash involved there. It's it's usually about a discount that the platform might be giving to the festival or, you know, some um provision in the contract Uh, You know, it's fine. There's legitimate reasons for being a sponsor of a festival if you're a festival platform provider, but don't fool yourself into thinking, oh, Film Freeway gave $20,000 to this little festival I never heard of. Chances are they probably didn't. All right. Last to look at is what does this festival do for the rest of the year? Most festivals are annual affairs. They take place once a year. And then, you know, there's this long period where nothing happens. Most of the better festivals, uh, certainly most of the larger festivals have some kind of year-round presence. Either they're at least generating some sort of content for their fans to, to, watch or listen to or read. Um, They're talking about other movies that are coming about. They're talking about other festivals, or maybe they have year round staff and have year round programming. They're showing movies, they're holding workshops, you know, things like that. Look for what it is that a festival is doing in the off season. Uh, if they're doing absolutely nothing and it's been months and months since their last update and they really don't do anything until their next call for entries comes around, you know, that tells you something about how seriously the festival takes itself and how many people there might be, you know, getting paid, doing things year round. Again, a festival that's just starting out, that's perfectly acceptable and you should treat that accordingly. But if there's something, you know, a festival that's trying to present itself as a big deal, and yet they haven't updated their Facebook page in three months, that should be kind of a, a flag going off. Okay, uh, that is all for this episode. I hope that's been useful to you, gives you a little bit of a better idea about what you should be looking for when doing this festival research. Uh, if you found this helpful, please do go to iTunes, uh, type in Film Festival Secrets, and uh, rate and review the film, uh, because that really does help bump it up and help get more subscribers to the podcast. I would really, really appreciate that. Um, also, be on the lookout for Film Festival Hacks, which is my new course uh, with Alex Ferrari. We've done an online course that's—I don't know how many—we we recorded for like eight hours, so there should be at least two or three hours of good material in there. Um, and it's a really great overview of the festival year and the, just everything about festivals um, from both the filmmaker point of view, since Alex is a, an accomplished filmmaker, and from the other side of the badge, the you know the festival organizer side of you. Which is my expertise. So, if you're interested in that, um, it should be out in February of 2016. Uh, you can go to filmfestivalsecrets.com/hacks and sign up. Uh, it's not a spam list or anything like that. We're just going to notify you when the um, when the course comes out. And I really appreciate you listening.